Hello, and welcome back to Beyond the Page. My name is Lauren Miller, the assistant editor of PRISM, and today I am joined by my guest, Julia. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good? Yeah, how about you? I'm doing all right. So uh, today we have a very interesting topic to talk about during Dead Week. Um, a lot of people during this time have lots of stress going on, lots of finals to worry about. So in the meantime, what do people do? They usually just sit down, watch a show that they really like. And so today, me and Julia will be talking about a few shows that we really, really like. And so yours is Castle, correct? Yes. Alrighty. And mine is a show called Bake Monogatari. So I'm going to start off if that's all right with you. Yeah. Okay. So Bake Monogatari is a anime created by Niso Eisen. And basically, he is the person who created light novels. So this was a light novel adapted into an anime. And the whole series overall is called Monogatari. Bake is only one part, and it is the first season, which I will be focusing on the most during this. And there's like multiple other seasons. There's like 10 seasons of Monogatari. But Bake is personally my favorite, and I personally think it is one of the like better ones uh, alongside Kizu. So in Bakemonogatari, there are 15 episodes and five arcs. And so how this show works is that you have the main character, whose name is Konami, and he encounters five different people throughout the thing, which is five arcs, five different people. And so he goes and tries to figure out what's wrong with that person and then like basically solve it in a way. And whenever he solves it, they also interact with the next arc. So... The first person gets helped, and then the second person needs help, and the first person will help that second person sort of thing. So That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so everything sort of, like, goes together in a way. Uh, everything, like, serves into one. And I think this show is really cool is because uh, it's a consistent storyline with new and intriguing characters each time a new arc happens. Um, and it'll actually tell you in the title. So there, the five arcs in this one is called Crab, Snail, Monkey, Snake, and Cat. And so those animals sort of reflect, like, what's going on in their life um, without spoiling too much of it. Like the crab art is like having to deal with the weight of the past. The snail arc is like lost and not found sort of thing. Uh, cat sorrow, snake guilt, all that kind of stuff. It sort of like reflects a theme overall. Um, and I really like the show because it discusses topics and breaks normal stereotypes in the anime realm uh, because this show would normally be uh, called like a like Harlem, if that makes sense. So it's like one dude and like five girls. Uh -huh. And, like, they'd see it as a romance show, but it's anything but that, to be completely honest. Um, so I'm going to take this a different route real quick and talk about a why this show is so, so amazing. Why this show is completely <laughs> different than other animes out there. Um, and I'm going to take some of my info from a YouTube video I watched by RC Anime. He's a very, like, educated person on this topic. So I am going to take a little bit of his notes as well. So if you want to go watch that, it's a really good thing. Just look up like RC Anime uh, Monogatari. It'll show up. But um, this entire show, Baki Monogatari and the Monogatari series, is inspired by the French New Wave. And so, uh, or the French uh, Novois or something like that. Um, it was a French film movement in the 1950s and 1960s. And it's very much like art cinema. Lots of people don't know about this like movement, but it is often referred as one of the most influential times in cinema. This is where we get like our jump cuts from, uh, shooting on location, voiceovers, hard cuts, and like handheld like video or like cinema sort of yeah. thing. All of that came from the French New Wave. 
Um, it was it was needed by this because independent filmmakers were on t- tight budgets and they needed like creative ways to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the French New Wave is heavily, heavily a part of Monocatari. It's almost direct. Monocatari is basically directly influenced by the French New Wave. And so what aspects of this does it have, you know? Um, well, first off, Monogatari breaks the fourth wall quite a bit. I love that. I love it when shows and movies do that. <laughs> it's always a good time. Like, it is very aware of the fact that it is an anime. It has an audience, and it is not real. And I feel like this really gives the show more le- leeway to do the crazy stuff that it actually does. Yeah. You know, like, whenever a show is like, I, I'm aware that I'm not real. Like, I'm not trying to be real. It yeah. gives, like, the audience more of, like, an enhanced, like, sort of thing. Um, and it foreshadows itself quite a bit. Like, mm-hmm. in almost every arc, the main, or, like, the girl that, like, he's trying to fix sort of thing, like, will be like, and then the next episode, I'm going to do this sort of thing. And it's so, <laughs> like, it's very, very aware of, like, what it is and what it's doing. Um, a very specific example that I can give is the main character of the first arc called Sinju Katara, uh has a voice actor bike scene. So she basically directly, like, talks about her voice actor being like oh "Oh, my voice actor is great so I can uh, intimidate you sort of thing and so it's sort of like wow like we're breaking through like to the real world and outside the world in the anime realm so I think that they do that a lot in the French New Wave as well like they would always reference back to the audience sometimes or speak directly to them Mm -hmm. at that time so that's one point that I think is really cool about Monogatari Um, the second and one of my favorite favorite parts (laughs) of this thing is the editing. So Monokatari uses a lot of jump cuts everywhere, and this really comes into play whenever they have a lot of dialogue, because dialogue is a very huge part of this anime. And so basically, they use editing in a way, so if two people are talking face-to-face, they can cut to another scene where they're facing each other, and one's sitting and one's standing. There's no correlation between the characters and what's going on sort of thing. Um, the color of a scene will change throughout the conversation depending on the mood. So let's say that they're sitting on a red couch. Mm-hmm. In the next frame, there'll be like a green couch and a purple sky. Like color mm-hmm. and everything really like evolves over the time. And that sort of like is come back from like the fourth wall thing. Like we mm-hmm. are aware that this is a show. So we like believe it. We're like, oh, yeah, this this yeah. is fine. Like yeah. we're not worried about this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there's flash title cards and title cards galore. It gives context and dialogue. So sometimes, instead of speaking directly to the other person, a flashcard will come up. So it'll be like, do you understand? And the flashcard will say, I agree, instead of like actually oh. talking back and forth to one another. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting kind of thing. And yeah. the way that they use sounds. So blinking will sound like a camera sometimes in very like specific oh. moments. Whenever somebody <laughs> blinks, it'll be like, like, a, like a camera. Mm-hmm. And falling sounds like a plane. Whenever they take oh, yeah. off, like mm-hmm. they use editing of audio to be able to ha- enhance a point overall sort of thing. And then uh, one of the last points I want to talk about is dialogue. Dialogue is such a big key in both the French New Wave and Monogatari. And the way that they speak through this is they have the main topic. So let's say like, what is love? They'll start with that and then they'll immediately go off topic <laughs> and then back to the main topic. So they'll okay. be like, what's love? oh, wait, lettuce seems green. Like, I don't understand this. And then they'll be like, but you never answer my question about what is love sort of thing. And so, like, it goes very back and forth. It's very, very jittery in Mm -hmm. a way. Yeah. Like, it doesn't know what it's talking about. At the same time, that is very, very aware of, like, the point and where it's going. Yeah. 
Um, and deviation from typical narrative. I don't think that there is another show like it, to be completely honest. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I've never heard of a show quite like this one. It mm-hmm. sounds really interesting, though. Yeah. Um, I'd definitely recommend watching a few French New Wave if you're not really into anime. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, time in film was very, very interesting. But, yeah, that that's really all cool. I got to say about that. Okay. <clears throat> I'm ready to hear about yours. I'm very excited. Okay. Let me get my notes out. Woo-hoo. Okay. So the show that I wanted to talk about is called Castle, and it aired on ABC, I believe. It was... It's basically one of the mo- uh, more basic crime TV shows with, like, the same, like, formulaic, like, episodes. Like, same things would happen in each one. Um, I think one of the main reasons why I really loved it was because it I have, like, nostalgia tied to it. Kind of mm-hmm. going back to, like, a podcast yes. previous. Yes. Um, because I would all it, it always brings me back to when, in middle school when I would come home from school and do my homework and watch it. And then I have also my family come home later whenever they got off work. And we'd all just watch it as a family and just have a great time. But um, more into the cinematography of it. So the plot line is basically Richard Castle, which Castle is where it gets its name, um, is a writer or like a millionaire playboy is I believe how some people would uh, mm-hmm. explain him, uh, is a, a novelist and he writes about true, he writes true crime novels about like a serial killer and the show starts when he has just finished his, uh, his like series basically about one serial killer and, uh, he ends up meeting Detective Kate Beckett um, because a ser- an actual real-life serial killer has started killing people in the way that people had kill- that he had written uh, the mm. serial killer to in his the serial killer would in his books. And so they basically call him to like the police station and then they're like, okay, so you need to work with this detective to kind of like figure out like, hey, like what were you thinking about when you wrote the serial killer? Like what would he do next sort of thing? And um, I, it's it's like a comedy true crime, so he's very witty and makes these like offhanded jokes a lot. Mm-hmm. And he is this kind of like goofy character who um, is always getting on Detective like Kate Beckett's like on her nerves basically. Um, and she doesn't really want him there because he's not a cop and he's not like a detective who's like actually helpful, mm-hmm. but occasionally he can be. And so she, basically the first couple seasons are like him like really trying to like get on her good side so like he can continue to be her partner like mm-hmm. throughout and solve more crimes. And eventually, I think in like this third season, uh, she allows him to like be her partner and the mayor like says, hey, like this is a thing that can happen now okay um and so basically there's a couple like bigger storylines that involve uh detective beckett's like mother who was murdered and like who basically kate beckett uh trying to find the murderer of her mother and like prosecute him and then there's another storyline that is about like just this uh bigger serial killer sort of thing that's called 3xk that um, would murder girls, and there's like a whole that's like a whole plot line by itself within the show. Mm-hmm. The show mostly revolves around just like formulaic things, like where it's like, oh, they get a murder at the beginning of the episode, and then there's always like these goofy characters that would come in and be like, oh, well, we think it's them, and then at the end, you're just like, oh, no, it's definitely not them. Sort okay, of yeah, thing. that yeah. sort of makes sense. There's a lot of shows yeah. out like there. Have you ever heard of Lucifer? Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that show. But yeah, okay. yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. Isn't it about the devil? I'm assuming it is about it's the devil. Whisper. It's on Netflix. Uh, basically, the devil comes up from Earth, and there's mm-hmm. a detective like 
uh, him, but it's more like romantically sort of related. That is definitely a part. Okay, of, uh, got, there, it, got it. That is definitely a plot line that is shown throughout the series. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about a little bit about lighting, just because in Castle's apartment he's like a millionaire, so there's like his apartment is beautiful. First of all, and it's in like upper New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, but his apartment is always super bright. Like he's got a ton of windows and it's always shown in like a bright, like airy sort of like perspective and view. Mm-hmm. And then the police station is always shown in a more darker tone, which I think just kind of reflects like what you'd expect. Basically, like the apartment is like a, a safe space and then the police station is like, oh, okay, we talk about murders here. Mm-hmm. So like it's kind of darker. Um, so then my last point would be about how, um, so Castle had just finished his last, uh, his series about a serial killer when he met Beckett. Mm-hmm. But then throughout the show, basically Beckett becomes his muse for his new series that he starts. So he starts writing a story about her as a detective, but like with a different name. But mm-hmm. he basically just starts writing a, a series about her as a detective solving murders. And it all kind of ties itself up really neatly. And then I thought it was really cute. Is there anything that really like, like you said, I know that there's like a nostalgia part to it because mm-hmm. you watched it a lot whenever yeah. you were younger. But is there anything about the show that you feel like is something that you look in shows today? So like, is it the lighting? Is it the dialogue? Is it just like the storyline overall, the characters? What about this show is like very intriguing to you? To me, I think it was the characters because mm-hmm. I really liked the, I liked Castle as a character just because, I don't know, he was super witty and um, just the fact that like, the relationship between Castle and Beckett was always, a, I always thought was really good writing just because of how um, Beckett basically was just like, she's like that hard like detective that's mm-hmm. like super intelligent and is serious and doesn't want anything to do with it with Castle. And then Castle kind of brings in that like funny aspect to it and like balances it out. Mm-hmm. So I always really liked that uh, writing. I feel like <laughs> characters make or break a TV show. Yes. Like if you've ever heard of House, yeah, there I've is. Heard of it, yeah. You've heard of it, mm-hmm. okay? Well, anyway, it's the main character's house, and yes. <laughs> usually there's no way that a man like that could like get away with what he does. But it's yeah. the fact, like, it's a TV show, and they're able to enhance that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is like really, really cool, and I think that characters is what keeps people in the show. Yes, that the is plot definitely true. Can like help it and enhance it, mm-hmm. but if you don't have engaging characters, yeah. you're not going to last long. I mean, a good example of that would be Grey's Anatomy. I think. Really? I think just because they've ha- I mean they've had Meredith Grey on there. See, for the I've entire. never I've never watched Grey's Anatomy. I okay. <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes and I'm only saying this as like an outsider perspective because mm-hmm. um Meredith Grey has been in it the entire time I believe. I believe. And it's on been on for like 12 years, mm-hmm. something like that. So anyway, that's that's just what it made me think of. All right. Very cool. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I really enjoyed hearing about that. I might have to look into it. Yeah, there's a sh- crime show on Netflix called Person of Interest that I really like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's too. sort of like the same like reflective, like repetitious yeah. sort of mm-hmm. style, but it keeps you engaged because there's that main arching storyline overall. Yeah. But yeah. All righty. Well. Anything else you would like to talk about? Uh, I'm good. All righty. Sounds good. Well, thank you for coming in today with me. I really enjoyed talking about this. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) All righty. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, we have a blog called the Back Matter blog. You can find it at orangemedianetwork.com slash prism. We post every Tuesday and Thursday, and I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day. Goodbye. Goodbye.